welcome to Booked, where two guys tell you about the books they're reading. I'm Rob Olson. And I'm Livia Snedden. Uh, this is kind of a special episode for us, uh, and I'm going to explain why. Because while you're listening to this, um, Rob and I are in Los Angeles, um, sunning ourselves on the beach. Rob probably just got done rubbing a suntan lotion on my back. Um, <laughs> but our vacation shouldn't um, keep you guys from getting a, a fresh episode of Booked. So what we did in advance is we put together... Um, it's probably one of our bigger episodes here. Um, three separate author interviews for this episode. Cool, yeah. So it's a little bit outside of the uh, the usual format, but I mean, if you look at the lineup of who we've got tonight, it's people that I've, you know, a couple of people we've been looking forward to having on for a while. So it's nice to have um, a to be sunning ourselves on a beach. Maybe not mm-hmm. so much the suntan lotion, but uh, you know, just to have an opportunity to throw a couple of really cool interviews together. Absolutely. So, um, without further ado, um, let's uh, let's talk about our first guest. The first person we talked to is Pela Via. Uh, a little bit about her. This is the bio. Now, sometimes the authors or guests, I guess, provide their own bios, and I'm not going to say whether or not Pela did, but uh, here's here's Pela's bio. Pela Via is Booked Podcast's dearest friend. She is the editor in chief of Manarchy Magazine, which we like to think of as Booked's soulmate. She can be found on Facebook, Twitter, Amazon, Goodreads, and at paylavia.com. We love her. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Damn, when you write a bio, dude, that's that's good stuff. That's You, um, should, you should be a bio writer. <laughs> I, I do have uh, some very, very serious thoughts on author bios. Um, yeah, but that one was that one was perfection. Congratulations. Yeah. So, yeah, like the bio said, Pela's... Uh, Editor-in-Chief at Manarchy. We first met her at uh, Warm, uh, during the Warned and Bound session. She was the editor for that project and uh, introduced us to uh, a, a ton of really cool authors. And I would say probably is pretty pivotal in, in us kind of going in the direction we did with kind of the community that we got in, involved with. Um, absolutely, she was. Um, there's so much, in fact, that our five interviews turned into 17 or 18. But you know what? That's all ancient history. And why talk more about Pela now when we can talk to her right here on the show? Pela, thanks so much for coming back on to book to talk to us a little bit. It's my pleasure. Thank you. So we've been talking um, on and off for the last few weeks about Manarchy Magazine. Um, how about hearing it from the, the lady that runs it? Ah, well, um, it's it started in January of this year, and it was just something that it, Dan Donchi started it and his friend Dustin Carpenter and it was something that I think so many people were excited about it's just a really good idea to have a, a men's magazine by all these people who, who you know are also writers um, of fiction and and um, he didn't really have time to keep it going and so I, I kind of we were talking about it and we decided that I would come and help help keep going and um, it's just been so much fun so what types of articles can one find at uh, Manarchy? Well, I've been just trying to get everybody that I know who I, who I really love and um, who, who can write and who can enter- entertain me with their personality. And I'm, I'm getting them to just tell me what they're excited about in their life. So, you know, for a while, people kept asking, well, give me a topic. You know, what are you, what are you looking for? Do you want entertainment or fashion? You know, whatever. And I just refuse to answer those questions because I want people to to you know come to us with what's cool to them and what they want to be reading about and and so that's what we've been doing and it's been awesome people are just coming up with the coolest things and um stuff that i wouldn't have known to ask for so 
So I'm, I'm really happy with, with how that's worked out. So it's, to answer your question, it's just a huge variety. I never know what we're going to, what we're going to have. It's a very interesting concept because I imagine most publications, magazines, books, whatever, will kind of decide and decree what the content is going to be. So it's a really interesting approach to just have people write about what they're excited about. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Well, I have to also keep in mind that I'm a girl and so I don't, you know, it's a dude magazine and I don't pretend to know what dudes even, you know, think about at all. So um, (laughs) it's probably, it's probably a good idea. Yeah, I just have them tell me what whatever is on their mind, and I'll make sure it's good. I'll make sure that the writing is awesome, that you know that they approach it in a, a unique way, and that everything else is just solid. But they have to figure out what what's interesting to to do. So you kind of touched on it a little bit, but what's it like? Can we can we go into a little bit more detail of of being a woman that's running a men's magazine? Um, I have to imagine that you hit some hurdles, like you said, but like, uh, is it? Is it fun? It is fun. It's super fun. Yeah, my, my days are just kind of filled with these correspondence about, about weird stuff and um, interesting things and everybody's always making jokes and um, I just get the funniest emails and it hasn't really come up. I think Caleb Ross said something about how he loved the um, irony of a woman running a men's magazine. But other than that, it hasn't really. Nobody really wants to pay attention to the fact that I'm a girl. They just, I just kind of get treated as a as a dude really quickly, <laughs> which is fine. Um, recently, you guys broke a huge, huge review for the Dark Knight Rises. Um, how'd that come about? Well, um, somebody sent me an email and said that they have a a friend who was able to attend a screening that morning, just a couple hours before, and he was in the process of, of writing the review and asked if we wanted it. So of course, I'm like, you know, tripping over myself to say yes. And um, yeah, so we, and I was kind of scared because I'm like, you know, I don't know who the friend is. It's obviously very important that for him, you know, we don't reach any kind of confidentiality. But I said, does he, you know, is he like articulate? Because I kind of expected this review to be a, I mean, I mean, if I tried to write a review in two hours, it would be horrible. So I didn't expect much, and I just was kind of hoping that maybe the guy kind of knew how to create a sentence, you know, put a couple paragraphs together. Turns out he's super good at writing. I don't still don't know who he is, but he's, you know, the, the review is written really well. So when he sent that, I, I put it up after skimming it. I didn't even read the whole thing before I had it up. And, um, yeah, and it's, it's just been amazing how many, how excited people got for that. It's been kind of fun. I guess to clarify a little bit, we should be clear that it was the very first review online of The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. what it was. That's okay. Yeah, it's just, it, it was very exciting to see that and very excited to know somebody who was responsible for that. So it was very cool. Yeah, and we've, you know, it's always kind of flattering in, in an irritating way um, when you get ripped off, plagiarized. And so a couple different sites have picked up the review and just copied it and used it as their own. And that's super annoying, but they're getting, you know, 300, 400, whatever comments on it, on theirs and tons of action, tons of people are just flocking to this review. So it's, it's exciting that there have been quite a few places who have given us proper credit and sent people over to us. And so it's, so we're fine. We're definitely fine. I want to. I want to say when you said earlier that, that you were worried about um, people not breaking confidentiality. In my mind, I was thinking, 
if I were in your position, the thing that I'd be most worried about is um, the authenticity of the review, the fact that, you know, like, to make sure that it just wasn't some, you know, random person making something up. So it's interesting to hear that you were worried about making sure they didn't get in trouble. And I was making, <laughs> I would be more worried about making sure that I had, you know, my ass covered. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I did ask, I, yeah, I sent Dan an email, an email real quick and was like, Hey, you know, go for the legal, go figure out the legal stuff of this. And he knew automatically all, every, all the things that would apply. And he said, we'd be fine to, to do it. And he, he told about the different consequences if we, you know, are leaking stuff that's not really not supposed to be leaked or whatever. And, and we didn't want spoilers anyway. So we would, you know, we want to be respectful of other people being creative and putting out a film, you know, we, we like that sort of thing. So we respect it. Um, and then the other thing to to know is that the person who came to me was somebody I respect and and knew that they if they say something that I can, you know, if they say that they have a friend and he and he saw the movie, then I automatically know it's it's legit and it's fine. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I will say about the uh, the review itself that was that it was very articulate and well laid out, and it was super respectful of not spoiling anything. You know, it was. Yeah. It's probably, you couldn't have asked for a better, you know, a better article to come out. Yeah. Yeah, we're really proud of it. I mean, I wish I could give the person, you know, a little bit more credit because I, I we're proud to have it, but I don't know who they are, who he, he or she is. A real hero. <laughs> <laughs> I had to, someone had to go there. <clears throat> what other types of things uh, will we be seeing from Manarchy? Um, well, it's possible we'll get more of the, um, more of the same as far as these early reviews. Um, that's something that we're still talking about. And, um, and then I have so much content. I mean, I was just flooded with, with stuff, uh, to, with articles and things, just all this awesome stuff. And so I've been trying to spread it out a little. I actually should probably, I'm starting to think that maybe I should be posting more than what I'm posting because I'm, I just have so much. So, I mean, we have just reviews and entertainment things and reviews of products and alcohol and books and um, just funny things, weird random articles that are funny. I don't know. We have a lot of stuff, a lot of good stuff, stuff I'm, I'm excited about personally. So we relaunched and you're, and you're happy with it. Um, you've got a ton of good stuff coming up. So um, have you looked kind of at like down the road for Manarchy? Is it, um, is it something that you've got kind of a plan laid out or is it you're just taking it as it comes and seeing how it grows? Um, good question. I, I don't have the longest attention span ever. And um, especially since I put a lot of energy into one thing. That's kind of how I roll. I like to do one thing at a time, just go nuts and then move on. So it's possible that, that I'll, you know, get this as cool as I can possibly make it myself. And then we'll try to just see if somebody else wants to take the reins. Um, I think actually Dan Donchi does the same thing. So that's how we ended up in the situation that we're in. Um, we just both are project oriented people, I think. So my plan, though, while I have it, is to just get as many readers as possible and see if it's really something that people are responsive to. And so far, it looks like they are. So if that continues to happen, then we'll just try to get more more people, you know, following us on Facebook and, and all that. Um, and just, 
yeah, just, just bigger. And ideally, it would be awesome if through ads and, and stuff that we could get um, some revenue in to start paying for articles and paying our writers and that sort of thing. Oh, revenue. It sounds like <laughs> such a nice word. It does. <laughs> it would be nice yeah. if, yeah. <clears throat> Hold on, I have to Google that word and see what yeah. it means. <laughs> you guys are obviously way ahead of me when it comes to this kind of stuff. It, well, that's the nice thing about a podcast is that you can just expect no revenue, so we don't. It's not something that we stress about. This is true. Yeah. So the timing of this interview is interesting, and this was totally by coincidence. But it seems that it's been a year since we last talked to you, and a year since the release of Warmed and Bound. Now that you've had a year to look back at it, what was the best part of that experience for you? Oh, um, probably the best part was. It was just this um, serendipitous thing that so many people had um, a, a vision and uh, wanted to be doing the exact same thing at the exact same time. Everybody wanted to be a part of this thing, and um, and and everybody liked each other. I mean, it was just it was just kind of like the. In fact, I almost wrote in the um, like in a introduction or or. Um, something to that effect, like an epilogue or thank you notes or something. I almost said something about how it was the moment when everybody was in love with everybody because it was just this this funny thing where everyone just yeah, worked together so well and got so excited about each other and appreciated each other's talents. And so I, I love that. That was a, That's a rare thing, I think, that um, that you see that. And and we, were, we weren't exclusive either. We weren't, uh, it wasn't just this big click of people people that who already knew each other we were including all kinds of people who we didn't know and inviting people and making new friends and um anybody who was interested they just had to email and, and they were automatically given a job or whatever um so yeah just just that sort of thing is i think it was, it was really neat we a, a lot of people made made a lot of long-term friendships through it now and you guys and i, and I met both there it is that's what we're yeah. <laughs> that was no, really Olivia's question really was wasn't meeting the booked guys the best part of <laughs> right no that's totally what I meant to say <laughs> that was that was the really long joke with that punchline it's really all about the punchline that's yeah that's what it was <laughs> so uh I guess the the obvious question would be would you take on a project like that again or was that kind of enough for you doing it at the one time um I, I wouldn't have taken on a project like that right afterward uh i was i was burned out on a couple of things that happened the things that follow where you actually have to deal with all this money that comes in and and you have to um you know act like a business with people that you just want to be friends with and you don't really want to delineate that kind of responsibility and trust and things get weird and so i, I didn't like you know there's a period of time where i was just done done completely done with that kind of thing but now um, a good amount of times passed, and I'm, yeah, I would absolutely do. I, there are a lot of things that I would do, just a lot of projects that I want to still do, all kinds of different mediums and, and stuff. Which is a perfect transition to the next question. So what's on the horizon for Palavia? A bunch of secrets. I don't, I, I don't know. I, um, <laughs> I have this thing where I can't, I don't tell anyone what I'm working on because I'm just, I think I'm probably going to have this massive failure, and um, and I don't know which thing is going to fail, so I haven't been wanting 
to tell anybody about anything that I'm working on. So, you know, I kind of want to just tell people like the day it's coming out that I have something. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's all. That's, that's all I have to talk about there. I want to say that, uh, I actually love that answer, and um, I think the best an- one of my favorite answers we ever got was when we were talking to Craig Clevenger, and um, I think Livia said something along the lines of, "Can you tell us how you got into writing?" And he just said, "No," <laughs> <laughs> and it was just brilliant. I was like, "Wow, people don't have to tell us; they don't have to answer our questions." So um, I think that's perfectly valid, and I like those types of answers. People don't push back enough. Everybody just does what we tell them to. What is wrong with you? Why would you tell people this? Um, <laughs> end of interview. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Wait, was that a question to me, or was it more? Of the no, 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 I was talking to Rob. Okay. Why would Rob tell people they should push back more? This is what we do. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, okay. we we interrogate people. We expect answers. Like if I had a bright light, we'd shine it on you. You know. But um, all right, I have one more question for you. I want you to take this question really seriously. Okay. Do okay. you know who Bruce Banner is? Yes. Okay. If Bruce Banner grows a beard, does the Hulk have a beard? No. Okay, there you go. Oh, it's really? Does it grow? Does it? <laughs> oh, that's a stupid question. <laughs> oh, kidding. wow. Minutes minutes before the show, Rob is playing around on Reddit because this is part of our preparation process. And he starts laughing and he goes, I just saw this meme and it says if Bruce Banner grows a beard, does the Hulk have a beard? And I was like, put it in as a question. Uh, so before we wrap it up, is there anything else you want to uh, talk about or promote that maybe we didn't ask you about? Um, well, I kind of wanted to mention the movie that you guys have, have kind of, um, been promoting for a while, the, uh, fuckload of scotch tape. I finally watched that a couple weeks ago and loved it, just loved it. And so I, um, am actually kind of excited to be able to like go and tell people to, to, you know, be one of the ones like you guys to be a cheerleader for this movie and, and go tell people that it's super awesome and that they need to go find it on Facebook and, um, you know, figure out how to see it. Very cool. We're kind of expecting you to plug something of your own, but that's awesome. I'm sure uh, Julian will be thrilled to hear that. Well, yeah. I mean, he just—it really blew me away how how good it, and not just not just good, but um, it was just so interesting and just done so well and and told a story that really really worked on many many levels. It wasn't just that it was good alone. It was just it was a the kind of thing where he had something golden and he, and he executed it perfectly i think and i'm happy to see you know him and um jet airs get the get some attention from it i hope that, that it continues to to get attention yeah and a little bit of self-promotion on this one um we haven't had a chance to really mention it on the episode but um julian has extended an offer to booked listeners anybody who wants kind of a, a, a to see the movie i guess uh you would just need to contact Julian through Facebook or I think, yeah, through Facebook and say, you you know, want the booked VIP preview kind of thing. And, and he'll hook you up with uh, the availability of checking out the movie for yourself. So that's cool. The other nice thing is that um, Jed Ayers actually announced recently that he's got a collection of stories coming out, um, which will include the stories that inspired the movie. So I know we've been talking about it and building a lot of hype and it's been, uh, stuff that people really don't have access to, but it's coming and, and you're going to have access to it. So that's very exciting as well. Yeah. And that's going to be on what Snubnose Press. Is that right? Yeah. I think Snubnose is it? Yeah. I think it is Snubnose and it's called a fuckload of shorts. I think. 
I thought they said that was the working title, but I don't know. Well, I saw a cover for it, so it must have been a concept, but yeah. Oh, no, I could be wrong. I'm not a good source of information. (laughs) 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 You are wrong, and I'm unreliable, is basically what you just said. Um, Fela, thanks so much for taking the time to come talk to us at Booked here tonight. Oh, always a pleasure, guys. Okay, once again, that was Pela Villa. Really glad we could have her back on. Uh, be sure to check out Manarchy Magazine. It's manarchymag.com. We'll have, uh, we actually have a, a, a link right up at the front page of the website. And also check out um, our Warmed and Bound sessions. We still have them on the website. It's uh, bookpodcast.com slash WB. It's that simple. So we have guest number two of the evening. Um, is uh, someone who we've also um, known for, oh, I don't know, seven or eight months now. Um, Todd Brown, the editor and president of May-December Publications, who we originally uh, came into contact with uh, during the Revenge of the Zombie Pussy Eaters episode, which was our zombie extravaganza spectacular. So <laughs> this has been a long time in the coming uh, for us to, to get on board with Todd. Yeah, been looking forward to it. I mean, it's just one of those things where we meet all these uh, interesting people and and we go back and forth. We've been trying to get Axel Tayari on as a guest for, you know, since before Halloween. So sometimes it's just a matter of timing. And finally we got around to our schedules matching up with Todd. So nice to, nice to get him on for a little bit. Yes. Very looking forward to talking to him. Here's a little bit about Todd. T.W. Brown is the author of the Zom blog series and the dead series. He is deeply immersed in pursuing his dream of becoming a full-time writer and keeps busy reading and editing the numerous submissions for a variety of upcoming anthologies and full-length titles for May, December publications. Todd, this has been a long time in the works. Thanks for uh, agreeing to come on and talk to us this evening. I feel like I've been standing in line at the coolest ride in Magic Mountain and finally got to sit in the front row. I mean, this is this is great. I've been listening to you guys for a long time, and to actually share the space is somewhat awesome. Now, Rob, if you just send me five bucks for saying that, <laughs> I was going to uh, say. <laughs> Anybody listening, we did prompt him to say that, but we did not offer him money for it. Um, <laughs> so the first thing I want to kick this off with uh, is a little bit of an anecdote um, of of kind of our interaction with you. So we've we've been um, uh, we've been in contact with you for a while now, and we, we know each other on Facebook and everything, and, and <laughs> there was a long period of time towards the beginning of our, uh, you know, friendship and everything where Livius actually thought, <laughs> based entirely on a Facebook profile picture, that you were um, George Romero. I don't know if you knew that or not, but we wanted to make sure we brought that out. Oh, wow. The picture of uh, my wife with George Romero. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, well we, I think we became friends on, on Facebook back in October of last year when, when we covered um, the Revenge of the Zombie Pussy Eaters and Midnight Movie Creature feature. And your your profile picture was the cover of the book, which is perfectly acceptable. But then I became friends with, with your wife, who's, you know, also uh, participates in May-December publications. And I'm so I see this picture, and the first thing I think is, okay, May December has that uh, that connotation, that that romantic oh, involvement yeah. between someone that's older and younger. And I see this picture, and I go, man, he really is a lot older. And for <laughs> months, I that's what I thought. And one day you ch- one day you change your profile picture. I go, that's kind of weird because that doesn't look like the guy I've been picturing. And then I think someone commented on Denise's profile photo, and she goes, oh yeah, it was so great to meet George Romero. And I go. I've been thinking for months that George Romero is Todd Brown, so I'm glad I didn't oh. run into him at a convention or anything and be like, Todd, 
It's like, oh, this that would just be the greatest. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, actually, uh, that day, I mean, she had one of my guitars signed by him. So I've got one of my uh, one of my guitars has got uh, red signature on it. And then I've got my Dawn of the Dead movie poster signed by him as well. But, yeah, that's that's sort of one of the pride and joy artifacts in the house is that is that picture. So, but, no, just to clarify, the whole May-December thing is actually the first month of my children i have one born in may and i have two born in december and so that is uh, that's where the name came from i still liked it better when you were george romero <laughs> i'd love to be george romero <laughs> just for a week so speaking of may december publications um how did you decide to to start your own your own publishing company actually about Mid to late 2009, we were. Uh, I was in the process of writing uh, Zomblog as just a journal entry that we were posting up online uh, just for fun. And I got an offer from a small indie publisher that wanted to go to print with it. And then right at the last minute, they wanted to change the contract. And by change, I meant they got more money and I got less money. So I told them no. It, with a couple of other words added on, and we just decided to do it ourselves. And Denise went out, filed all the paperwork, got us an LLC with May December Publications. Now she didn't tell me she did this until Christmas, when she presented me with my book, Zomblog, in print with the May December logo, and uh, uh, that's how it started. So, by any chance, the publisher that. Um, tried to screw you out of money. <laughs> Did it happen to be uh, Tony G and Gregorio? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's favorite guy. No, but funny thing, he published one of my very first short stories, and this is before I found out what an amazing case he is. Um, Piece and of work. I should have figured it out. Yeah, I should have figured it out because this story, I started off with one sentence, and it's like, uh, it's all my fault he cried or something like that and then I make that the last sentence and it's sort of the it's a, it's a wrap it wraps the story up with the first sentence and the last sentence being the same and he had to add this line like outside the wind howled menacingly or some crap like that and I get the book and I'm looking at my story and looking at my story and all of a sudden I go what the hell are you kidding me you've changed okay well but i've been published so i'll shut my mouth um but that was also the end of any stories of mine going his direction wow all right well being a publisher yourself what would you say some of your biggest challenges have been either with uh starting up the pub uh may december publications or just kind of challenges you've seen in general the earlier challenges were just getting stories sent to us. When we did our very first anthology, which was called Eyewitness Zombie, uh, we put it out and said, we want these to all be first-person stories. And so we started getting some, and, and the submissions started trickling in. And we thought, man, I hope we get enough. It's kind of like when you throw a party and you're worried that no one's going to show up. And that was really what I was feeling. They started coming in, and then some guy sends me a story about cowboys, and it's told from three different perspectives. And so I have to say one of the biggest challenges 
is people not reading the guidelines for what we're looking for. Uh, I get ghost stories and skeleton stories and all kinds of stuff that has nothing to do with whatever the theme is. Uh, so some of the biggest challenges are people not really sending stories that fit the anthology we're going with. Uh, lately, one of the problems, and it's actually a good problem, is we're just getting so many submissions now that uh, it takes it takes longer to sift through them all. Uh, we peel off everybody's personal information. Denise has the stories all sent to her, and before they end up on my desk, all the personal information is stripped away. So I have no idea whose story I'm reading, so I can't play favorites. So if I like a story, I like it based on the story, and if I hate it, then it's not personal. It's just the story didn't do it for me. So that, I think, helps keep the blood fresh, you know, when people are coming in, because we've got a lot of different names uh, on the backs of our books. But uh, lately, I think the two biggest problems would be lots of submissions with very little time to read them all, uh, and people just still not paying attention to the guidelines. We still get them formatted in all kinds of different ways. And the problem now is we used to just be thankful to get them. And now when they come in like that, we get rid of them because if they can't take the time to read the way we want the story to come in, I can't take the time to read their story when I've got 20 more sitting on my desk. I don't, I, I don't quite understand that. So, I, I mean, I understand what you're saying, but do you think these people just kind of just spam submission sites and don't read at all what, what the direction is? Or do you think they think, oh, this is still a really good ghost story if you're even if you're doing a werewolf anthology? So maybe, I mean, I don't quite get the, the what the rationale would be behind sending something that doesn't fit. I actually have one person tell me, well, you should just include, you should just include me because you should feel lucky to have my name included in one of your books. And I'm like, First of all, I, I don't know who you are, and I read quite a bit, so that's not doing it for me. And second of all, this is a vampire story, and I've got a zombie book here. It doesn't fit. Now go away. So um, it, it is weird, though, that some people send things in, and I do think that there's just a certain amount of they see a title, and they go, I think I've got something that fits. And they just they just throw it in there and, and don't think about it. So and, and considering that I've gotten emails addressed to dear sir or madam, uh, I've gotten emails addressed to other names of other publishers who I know <laughs> that, that are other small indie publishers. They didn't bother to delete the name and put mine in there, so I still got I got the same email with their name at the top. So people just don't pay attention. Well, I just want to say that um, I hope that you published Livius's cowboy story that was told from three different perspectives. <laughs> it was good stuff, and you know, you're lucky to have me in that anthology. <laughs> I, you know, your name will probably sell at least one book. <laughs> yeah, at least one. Rob will buy to anything, me, I right? Yeah, I, yeah. so, I got to um, be loyal to my co-host. <laughs> <laughs> I will say it's an interesting way, and I we don't obviously know a whole lot about publishing, but it's an interesting way that you do with the submissions where you don't um, where you don't know who it's from. So it's it's kind of kind of an interesting take until you throw out well, that, that Stephen that Stephen King story, and then it might be a little bit of a of an issue. So, what would you say that your best experience as a publisher has been so far? 
my best would be uh, a rejection letter that turned into a novella. It's probably one of our my my best. And that we had a a girl send in a story like that was it was a good story, but I could tell there was stuff missing. As I was reading it, I'm like, it's just chopped up. And so we sent her the rejection letter, but at the end of the rejection letter, I told her, I said, look, this just seems like there's more to the story. And she admitted that she chopped a bunch of it out to make the word count, to come down to the 10,000 word word count and uh, that we have as a max. And I told her, I said, we'll put the words back in and let me see the whole thing. And she did. And we were able to publish her book, and she's done okay. I mean, she's not outselling King yet, but she's she sells you know 10, 15, 20 copies a month right now, and uh, also does a little book signing here and there, so she gets her own copies and sells those. And uh, she's not retiring from it yet, but she's enjoying it, and she's looking towards her next project. And she got really excited about it. And it made her start to believe in her writing. And ever since then, uh, her writing has really picked up. And we get several submissions from her a year for some of our anthologies, and a few of them have been in. That is pretty cool. Yeah, it's uh, a rejection letter turns into something bigger than what was originally submitted. That's kind of neat. So we talked, we've talked a little bit about you as a publisher. Tell us a little bit about you as a writer. Tell us about Dead. Well, when I sat down with it, uh, at, this was after reading, and if you ever get a chance to see my bookshelf, uh, it's stacked. I mean, I've got everybody up here. I've got uh, Hornsby and, and uh, Max Brooks and S.G. Brown and, and all these great zombie books. And then I've got a bunch of them that are just absolute swill. I mean, I read them, and I, and I looked at it, and I just said, there's, there's no way that I can't do better than this. And I had a teacher pull me up, and after I'd submitted a story in a college creative writing class, and she said, you really should do this. Obviously, you love it. So I plotted out a 12-book series, which is what Dead will be when it's over with. I, I love it. I put out a new copy comes out every May and every December. Those are the release dates, and I put them out on my kids' birthdays. Right. So it just occurred to me that it's been a really long time. I spent a lot of our early interviews really putting people on the spot with questions. So, But it's all I could think about when I was listening to you talk about like these different styles of books and stuff. If you had to pick one, what is the what is the best zombie book out there? Oh, I would say if I had to go over here to my shelf and pick the best zombie book, I would say Monster Island by David Wong. I you mean, know that got some all these schoolgirls with machine guns. I mean, how cool is that? That has been on my to-read list for years. I've read all the other Wellington stuff, his vampire series, and just never made it back to the to that trilogy. So I'm going to move that up my list a little bit now. I would, yeah, I would have to say Monster Island, and it just, it's just it's a different take, and it's so enjoyable. It's just a really good read. So I would have to say Monster Island by Wellington. Kind of telling that you didn't say one of your books. You're very... <laughs> Not that you don't uh, believe in yourself, it's that you are obviously passionate about the uh, the the industry and, and the stuff that you've read. I figure that'll be somebody else's answer eventually. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> so uh, you just finished up, you just wrapped up your Summer of Zombie or Zombies uh, blog tour. Yeah. 
Want to tell us what that's all about? This was something that was thrown together by Armand Rosamilia, and it included uh, Mark Tufo, John O'Brien, Ian Woodhead, Dave Jeffrey, and myself. And when Armand came up with the idea, actually he contacted Denise first, talked to my wife, and, and asked her who she thought would be uh, a good choice. And since she's my best publicist ever, she told him me, obviously, was probably the first choice he needed to make. And then they started, between the two of them, talking to a couple of other people and throwing around names and came up with this group. And we have been on uh, blogs. We've been on a couple of blog talk radio programs. Uh, and it must have done well because we were hearing from a lot of people uh, in the social media that sales were down bad last month. Guys were saying that they were going days without a sale. And uh, we had yeah, had our best month ever last month. So I can't really complain. It, it, it turned out to it turned out very well for us. Um, a lot of the guys were saying that their numbers were doing pretty good. I would probably think uh, Tufo and Jeffrey are the bigger names so far. If you go by sales, there's both of those guys have books that have cracked the top 100 in horror, and uh, consistently they stay up there. So because I do keep track of all that stuff, I'm waiting for one of my books to make it, and it looks like I have a shot this month, so I'm keeping an eye open. But uh, we managed to do probably uh, an appearance a day at one point for about two and a half weeks straight. So I was busy every morning getting a list of questions for somebody else's interview and then sending them over to Armand, and then Armand compiled everything and sent it out, and uh, he was really the, the figurehead and also the spokesman for it, coming up with uh, and booking us on all these other gigs that uh, came up during the month. So, and we're going to do it again next year. It looks like it's we're talking about it. So, yeah, if it went that well, you guys should be doing the autumn of zombie blog tour and the winter of zombie winter. blog tour. <laughs> yes, oh, we yeah. can just do it monthly. There you go, the August of zombie blog tour. Um, speaking of promotions, we've been partnered up in one for a while and we've mentioned it, but you know, it, re it occurred to us that we have the opportunity to have you talk about our uh, partnership in the May, December giveaway. Well, we listen to you guys a lot. And in fact, uh, I still say that you guys show when you talked about just the revenge of the zombie pussies, I mean, I enjoyed listening to you guys talk about the whole anthology, but just the episode where you guys talked about that story is still my favorite uh, book episode ever. So uh, going back every once in a while, I, I have to go into my file and pull that thing up and listen to it again because I still laugh at some of the stuff that thing said. But uh, we had done a thing that year where people took a picture of themselves with one of our books and sent it in. And we had a drawing at the end of the year, and we gave away a book a month. We decided, because you guys have such a great audience, and uh, we enjoy listening to you guys, that we thought we'd do it differently. And since you guys talk about books, we would let people talk about our books. And so if they wrote a review on any of our titles and just made a comment at some point or went to the comment section at the end of the review and said, anything that mentions book podcast that that 
counts as an entry, and at the end of the year, in December, we will draw a name at random, and that person is going to get a book a month all of next year, provided the Mayans weren't right, and uh, come from our catalog. And it'll be their choice. They can actually have a, a new release or an old. We were kind of batting around saying maybe it should be that release for the month, but we've just decided we're going to do it a book a month. We're going to develop some sort of rapport with this person. So we thought we would let them request which book they wanted each month out of our catalog. So for the rest of 2013, they get to choose a book each month. It's very, very cool promotion and 13 free books. But if the Mayans were right, you're not out 13 books. I mean, either way, it's a win-win, right? Exactly. In fact, I've already been accused of playing dirty because I'm, I'm offering something that I obviously went out to give away. So That's the best kind I of giveaway. Be, yeah, I think it's going to be a lot like Geraldo's vault. I think we're all going to wake <laughs> up and, and the bills are still going to be there. So if you've maxed out your credit card the day before thinking you're getting out of it, I think you're going to be really sad. And the end of your world might just be. So... Hey, there right. have been there have been stories of people who've done that with other uh, you know end of the world predictions and have given up all their worldly possessions and stuff. So I imagine there'll probably be a lot of that coming up in the next few months. So what's coming up on the calendar for May December publications? What can we look forward to seeing? Well, I have to say that the creepiest anthology I've ever edited, uh, Spiders, is in the in the works right now, and that's coming out in a couple of months. Uh, because of the mailing campaign that I got from readers, a fourth Zom blog is coming out in October. And I mean, it's, we're at the point now where we have almost a, a book to two books a month coming out. We have a book coming out just prior to the Olympics called The Book of Joseph, which is sort of uh, an apocalypse into the world zombie thing that kicks off at the Olympic Games. We have that. Between now and December, I think we have another 12 to 14 books coming out. So uh, it's busy. The, the stretch wow. coming in is real busy. Yeah. Wow. So I, That's I'm putting in four, 14 hours a day, six days a week right now. And, and you're managing to write as well, which is um, even more impressive. I mean, between that type of workload and then you know writing your own stuff, that's got to be uh, – does it ever just get crazy? The words just start swimming on the page for you? Every single day, and it usually starts happening around 9, 10 o'clock at night when I've been sitting there staring at that screen for what seems like ever. Uh, Todd, is there anything else you want to plug before we let you go? Uh, no, I think, guys, I think you touched everything. I, uh, I, I will tell you, and you can use this or not, but I just put Stitcher on my Kindle Fire, and the very first podcast that I had to find and put on there so that I have it at a touch of a fingertip and marked as a favorite is book. Aw. You flatter us. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> well, uh, why, why don't you tell everybody really quickly where they can find you and May December Publications and more information about that on the internet, I mean. Okay, well, you can find us all over Facebook, May December Publications, but also we have our website, MayDecemberPublications.com. I have a blog now at TWBrown at blogspot.com. Um, I finally broke down and did that. 
Uh, we're on Twitter at the Nadex Hub is our is our Twitter handle. And my email address, because I actually don't get enough fan mail that I can blow anybody off and not answer it. So if anybody wants to email me and tell me they love my book or hated my book, because I answer both, uh, it's twbrown at madeofsoverpublications.com. Well, Todd, we want to thank you for uh, for coming on and talking to us. We made you wait long enough. We're glad we uh, had a chance to talk to you and hear a little bit more about uh, May December Publications. I want to thank you guys for having me, and I look forward to announcing the winner of our contest. And uh, I think I'll let you guys sort of blast it on your airwaves because it's coming from you and these are your listeners. So I figure I'll let you give the winner the good news. Cool. Well, thanks once more. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Yeah, get a big thanks to Todd for taking uh, time out of his very, very busy schedule, man. Can you believe that? The guy's like had like 16 books coming out the rest of the year. So that's uh, <laughs> very cool of him to take time out of that ridiculous schedule to talk to us. Absolutely. Uh, what did you think about that uh, that favorite moment as a publisher thing? I thought that was, uh, that was a really cool kind of unexpected anecdote to get from him. Yeah, that was very cool. And I mean, I, I, I can kind of see where the the author that he was talking about was coming from like i have this good story i need to find a home you know i found a perfect home for it so i'm just going to chop it up a little bit and then for todd to just turn around and be able to turn that into its own piece is uh is very cool i mean i imagine having your own novella published versus you know being part of an anthology is uh has got to be a super cool feeling absolutely yeah so uh really glad we finally got george romero on the show yeah, me too. That's fantastic. So, thanks again, Todd George Romero Brown. Okay, and our final guest for the evening is going to be uh, someone who we've often spoken about on the show, but we haven't had an actual opportunity to have her on to talk about to talk to us. Um, and that's going to be Nikki Gerlane. Yeah, Nikki first uh, came to our attention during the uh, LA One K anthology, in which we were absolutely blown away by her. Uh, by her two dudes short story yeah it definitely stood out against all the other stories and uh we uh we kept following her after that because um she's she was really nice to the podcast and everything but also just because she um had dropped some other stories with uh websites and stuff that we that we know of and so we got a hold of some more stuff of hers and it was all um you know bizarre like she is but um really high quality yeah, I'm going to make a confession here on the show. Uh, you know, you see the links when people have stories and their stuff and you go, oh, hey, you know, I should read that. Whatever. Um, Gerlane is is pretty much top precedence in that for me now. When I see a link to a story, it's uh, I get to it about as quickly as I can. Yeah. Yeah. So here's a little bit about her. I'm going to read you her bio. Nikki Gerlane lives in Portlandia. She holds a BS in fine arts and a JD in BS. She shares a birthday with Emily Dickinson and Meg White which means she rocks through dictionaries like you wouldn't believe. She's currently writing a Two Dudes short story and novella collection titled Machine Gun Vacation and co-writing a screenplay with actor-comedian Ramsey Moore titled Sitting with the Dead. Her short stories appear both online and in print. For more information, please go to NikkiGerlane.com. Nikki, welcome to Booked. Hello. It's good. It's good. It's good to have you on. I think if I look back, you may have been on or mentioned in like five of the last six or seven episodes. So I think it's good for our listeners to put a voice with the name. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> so, so we're going to um, kick off with some, this is pretty general. So your stories and more specifically the two dudes stories. Uh -huh. um, I was making little quotes with my fingers when I said two dudes. 
Um, they're a little bit on the weird side. So what's uh, where do you get your inf- inspiration when you're when you're going leaning in the in the weird direction? In the weird direction, um, I would have to say that uh, you know I'm always cooking or creating something else, and when I'm doing that, I always come up with these weird like. Uh, snippets of dialogue or maybe I'll misread something in a book and I'm like wow you know that's really weird and so I take that little snippet and I build a story around it and and basically these two dudes are uh, the kind of guys that I wouldn't want to be but they're the kind of guys I'd want to hang out with you know because they're so weird and and fun and uh, they're rational in their own like little way but um, but yeah I mean they're just like fun you know and so if, if I can if I can take them someplace weird to, to get to those moments, it's basically bridging one moment to the next. And, uh, yeah, so that's pretty much how I start out is, uh, usually some kind of weird image I have or a snippet of dialogue. And then I build a logical context around that. And they're actually pretty tightly written, you know, so they're weird, but they're very logical. You know, they have their own inner logic. Mm-hmm. The first thing that you, that I thought of when you started to explain, like the um, what your your inspiration was, um, I love it when someone says something and I hear it wrong because like ninety percent of the time the thing I hear is way more interesting than what they actually said. Oh yeah, and and I'm always distracted, and so I mishear things all the time. <laughs> so that's why I am so creative is because I, I just don't pay attention. <laughs> it's gonna be on a shirt somewhere or something. Yeah. All right. So what authors or books influenced you to start writing? Um, let's see. I, I don't know. I started writing when I was like five. Jeez, uh, I don't know. Um, I guess the, the one book that uh, I, I read that I was just like, I must do this, uh, was probably Where the Red Fern Grows. And I don't even remember um, who wrote that, and I should. It just makes me look horribly illiterate. Um, but also Isaac Asimov's uh, robot series, you know, like in third grade, I read 1984 and just a a bunch of really great books that are just like, I want to create these worlds, you know? Um, but yeah, definitely. I think that's kind of where it all started, but definitely once I got to Hunter Thompson and and William S. Burroughs, I was like, this is the kind of stuff that, um, makes you, it's so interactive, you know, it's, it's the kind of fiction that you, you have to, you have to create that space in your head, you know? And so kind of like once you're at the mercy of these guys, it's just constantly directing you. So it's almost like reading, writing that kind of has a drug effect on you. You're just, your thoughts are totally directed. And uh, that's just great to be immersed in to something that, you know, is not your world. So actually you're the the last time we had something on, uh, Caleb Ross was on and he mentioned Burroughs and his cut-ups, like his cut-up method of uh, mm-hmm. of writing, which I personally can't really wrap my mind around. Mm-hmm. I understand why it's kind of cool and everything, but actually reading something in that style is, is just so taxing on me, I guess. Um, yeah. But I can understand yeah. why it's cool and it's like different and creative. I mean, is that the type of thing you're talking about? Or are you talking about more like um, uh, Burroughs? More like, yeah, I, well, I don't really use the cut-up method. Um, but I, I read a lot of screenplays, too. And so when I read something that's kind of cut-up method, to me, it's like uh, in a movie when they have like montage scenes or, uh, 
you know, where they, they flash between images mm-hmm. and stuff. And I guess I'm just so like trained in that, that um, all of them kind of flicker in and out and just create this kind of weird experience. But yeah, I need a little bit more, you know, like I really like naked lunch and, um, <laughs> but it's not, it's not, it's, I really, really love it, but I like to kind of have a clear line on what's going on. You know, mm. as weird as my stuff is, uh, hardly ever does anyone get lost because I'm, I'm going in a direction. It might be a fucked up direction, but, you know, we're going in a direction. So, uh, yeah, yeah. What keeps me from getting lost is having Urban Dictionary open while I'm reading I... your stories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... I make up a lot of my own stuff too. <laughs> there's a there's a lot of stuff in there that, um, but you kind of force the meaning upon it. You know, you have to associate something. Um, but the the succubus, I termed that. And there's an artist down in L.A. who who does stuff for board games and movies and stuff. And uh, he creates these creatures like that, but he'd never thought of like naming it something like that. So I'm like, there you go. <laughs> you have a succubus. So. <laughs> Something's going to get into someone's lexicon here sometime soon. Um, which is probably a good transition in, into this next kind of question. Um, a few weeks ago, I believe it was on Phantasmagorium, you had the story Hot House, the Hot House, yeah. which was very, very different in tone mm-hmm. than the two dude stories. Yeah. How is writing that different for you, or is it? And will we be, will we be seeing more, you know, yeah, I'm doing the quotes like Rob was doing earlier, more you know serious stories from you. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I'll definitely be seeing more of that just because uh, the uh, Phantasmagorium and, and that group of people, uh, Joe Pulver, Scott Nicolay, and, and Ed Morris, um, that's the kind of stuff that, you know, some of it is like what they like to see in the magazine. As much as they like Succubus in the Attic, uh, there is a certain fear when you publish something like that that the more serious minded people won't take it seriously because it's so weird and graphic and 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 violent and um at at this point i'm writing stories for people who request stories for me so it's like i just write whatever theme or uh you know there's a feel i like kind of writing everything you know but the two dudes do have an appeal because they're so fun and i feel like there isn't really anything out there to read like that. And so it's a little more fun for me to actually write the two dudes, you know, cause you kind of are in a space that, that nobody's going to get hurt. You know, no one's head's going to come off and someone won't be doing something with that body. It's a, <laughs> uh, yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, uh, I think that we all need that kind of like escape. And I think it's a really fun and uh, very stimulating escape. So yeah. So you'll see more of the, you know, serious literary type thing. I mean, I, I can't do it. <laughs> it's just that it sometimes it just gets so heavy, you know, and um, I like things a little lighter just because there's so much heaviness all around us. All right. So let's back up um, a little bit to the part where you said that you're just writing stuff that people are requesting from you. Now, mm-hmm. traditionally, when someone is a writer, <laughs> you write a bunch of stuff and then send it out and hope someone will accept it. <laughs> so how does it feel I... to be uh, in like in demand, like people are asking for your stuff. Yeah. Well, I guess my path is kind of weird because, um, all these years, you know, I, I've done a lot of things, you know, uh, painting and photography and, and it just writing wasn't just my only thing. And so I never really ever thought to get all these book, uh, all these boxes of writing that I have. I've never thought to get them published until about 
oh, two years ago, and I submitted my first piece, and uh, they're like, it's really great, but we're worried it's not realistic enough. Can you send us something else? And then they ended up publishing that. And then uh, when it did really well, like three days after they published that, they asked me for my first piece, which they rejected. And so um, I guess that's just how it's been since I, I tried to get published. You know, I didn't go through all those years where maybe uh, I didn't really quite know what I was doing. Um, yeah, so it's weird. I guess it's weird because people don't go through that process. But I think it's much easier to write to something than it is to try to find a fit somewhere, you know? Mm -hmm. um, that and I have crazy, amazing friends <laughs> who uh, like what I do. So they're just like, I think it's kind of like, check this out, you know? This is really fucked up, <laughs> you know, check this out. And it's just kind of like spread enough that, you know, people are approaching me and kind of wanting me to be part of that. Like the whole Bizarro thing. Like, you know, uh, I get categorized as that, but I actually just started uh, hanging out and, and getting to know the Bizarros. So it's it's quite weird. I guess it's kind of the opposite track that most people take. Going in a little different direction, your bio mm -hmm. mentions that you're working on a screenplay entitled Sitting with the Dead. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so um, you guys reviewed Sick Ticket. And um, after uh, I had that published, like a day after I had that published, uh, this actor down in L.A. who I knew through uh, one of my friends who's a, a comedian and an actor, um, he, he got a hold of me and he's just like, hey, what you doing, blah, blah, blah. And uh, he's like, I see you have this story out. And I was like, yeah, actually, I just I wrote the follow up to it because um, at that time I was just like, wow, you know, I want to hang out with these guys. Let's write another story. So I went ahead and sent it to him. And a couple days later, he called me and pitched the idea for me to co-write his passion project with him. So and that was like back in December. And so now we pretty much have the movie shoot. It's all in like a box and stuff, but it'll probably take me a couple weeks to finish. But we've already um, he's already met with investors and we have an entertainment company that's uh, interested. And um, I have a lot of friends in the industry. And so um, I don't know. <laughs> so we're just kind of just waiting on me like slapping out that like first draft and stuff so it's kind of that's kind of amazing and weird too so but he liked my writing you know that was just so edgy and weird but very very graphic I, I guess it's just kind of like a screenplay like I write my stories like screenplays as far as you know um, like even the action the sequence of events they're like little mini movies so uh, yeah anyways that's how that came about, and hopefully I'll have a first draft in a couple of weeks, and we'll already have like quite a few people to to look at it. Here was my first thought, and I'm going to let you give uh, the listeners your, your own kind of take on Sick Ticket, but the first thing I thought was, I don't want to see a film that Sick Ticket started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and a lot of movies are made from short stories rather than novels. I mean, they're they're kind of structured uh, very similarly and that you have to have a, a kind of a direct path. There's like a, a purpose, you know, a message. And I think of novels and they can kind of go all over the place or maybe indulge in some things that, um, you know, it's, they're just not as uh, lean and mean, or at least most of them aren't, you know? So, yeah, I mean, who knows? I've got like a whole list of movies that I've like outlined that, uh, that's been like the whole thing is all these years I've been studying screenwriting really. And, uh, so, so yeah, but then I just ended up writing short stories. So now I'm going to try to do both. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? Just weird. 
<laughs> All right, so um, Amanda Gowan had you on the uh, her Curiouser and Curiouser website for an interview, um, and one of the things you talked about was having somewhere in the in the area of twenty tattoos. Um, yeah. So, not asking you about the ones you have, um, do you have your next one kind of in mind? And before you answer, I'm gonna guess it's the booked logo. Am I right about that? Where would I put that? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, actually, I want to do um, I want to do a sleeve on my left arm of flash, just all the different images in Flash Gordon. So oh. I want a Flash Gordon themed sleeve. It's probably. <laughs> Uh, I love Flash Garden. It's just, you know, a great place to go. And, um, yeah, you know, Princess Aura and me can't beat that. Can I, I think that's what you and I may have most in common. I haven't found anybody else that has the same love for that Flash Garden <laughs> that I do. And so, oh, my God. I mean, it's just, it's, it just takes you to a happy place. <laughs> uh, I, I Seriously. Don't, I, don't have any, I don't have any input on Flash Garden, but... Um, uh, it's funny because all right, I'm not going to make a tattoo flash joke. Um, uh, can I tell you my one of my Vonnegut themed tattoo ideas? If you promise not to steal it, yeah, totally. All right, so you know how it's kind of you see a lot of people with tattoos, and it's a bunch of like different shaped or size stars, kind mm-hmm. of all over the place. What I was yeah. thinking was I could do something in that kind of style, but instead mm-hmm. of like a nautical star like all over the place or whatever they are. Um, do the um, the drawing of the asshole from Breakfast of Champions. From oh, I haven't Kirkmania. read that one. <laughs> oh. So he has what it looks like an asterisk, and he says, mm-hmm. this is my drawing of an asshole. And so for people who didn't understand what it was, mm-hmm. they would just be like, oh, there's a bunch of asterisks on that guy's arm. But for people who had mm-hmm. read the book, it would be like, oh, my God, that's the coolest Vonnegut reference that anybody's ever done in the history of time. That would be really, really, really cool. That would be really cool. Actually, um, when I was little and I drew cats, I always drew their, like, Picasso, like, their butts to the side with a little <laughs> asterisk butthole. <laughs> so, like, I have to go and, and get that book right now <laughs> and yep. read it just so I can see the, you know, the butthole. <laughs> just for the butthole. Just for the butthole. I mean, how much gets done in life just for the butthole, right? <laughs> well, I think we have a good, solid soundbite of YouTube. Wow. Just just for the butthole just oh for the butthole just for the butthole so nice uh, yeah oh my god what's coming up next for Nikki Gerlane oh my god okay so alright so right now I'm finishing up a story um, for uh, an anthology it's actually a current 93 uh, David Tibet anthology that Jordan Crawls putting together for Copeland Valley Press, and that's coming out in two thir- 2013, so next year. And then I'm also uh, finishing up a David Lynch anthology piece for Cameron Pierce, and that's influenced by um, or inspired by The Elephant Man. And then I'm also <laughs> working on a piece for Garrett Cook and Chris Kelso. They're putting together a British magazine that's kind of like an anti-New Yorker, and it's going to be called <laughs> The Imperial Youth Review. And it's going to be a Quadrophenia-inspired story. And then uh, a couple of the other things I got going on is uh, Michael, Punk, Michael Paul Gonzalez um, is uh, doing that Cypher Sister antho. And so I'm writing a piece for that. Um, but also we're putting together a short story and a novella collection of the two dudes uh, next year. And that's going to be called Machine Gun Vacation. 
and hopefully Lee Moyer will be doing the art for that. So it should be pretty cool. And, oh, God, let's see. Oh, yeah, and then Trent Zelazny, um, we're batting around the idea of actually putting together a, a flash fiction collection. Um, so, yeah, so um, that's what I've got immediately on my plate. So, yeah. So I had a glut. I just had, like, three stories come out in, like, you know, ten days. And so there's just, like, a little a little pause and just get slammed. So, Yeah. <laughs> Wow, good stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, there's other stuff, really cool stuff, too. You know, like Succubus in the Attic just went down. Uh, it was the story of the week, and uh, now it's not. Um, and it's going to go in, uh, an ex- like, it's, a, I think, a heavy metal magazine. It's kind of a secret project uh, this one's got going. So that one's going to go there. And and uh, I actually had to make a list. <laughs> I had to make a list because I have to make a list. Like, every day... I have to make a list and, and fit something else in. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I just had my Curiouser and Curiouser interview came out. Or, sorry, I just had it come out. And um, and then I just got invited to this really cool interview. And what's his name? It's, oh, it's called Book Talk um, by Stephen Janizeski, I think. It's really funny. If you go on YouTube... And you, you look it up, or if you go on my Facebook, uh, you can see where they've already done a promo pick for it. So I'll be doing that in a couple of weeks. And if you check out the guy's other episodes, it's freaking hilarious. It's, like, really funny. It's um, I've never quite seen an interview like uh, that. <laughs> so um, I'm pretty excited for that. We here at Booked refuse to acknowledge anybody else that does any type of book talking. Oh, well, you, yeah. you, yeah, you shouldn't do that because I have all these people talking about you <laughs> and forming groups. So you got to be nice. <laughs> That's a good point. Well, we, yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah um, we get anyways. really, we get really jealous when other people talk to authors that we talk to. Oh, you, you get mad love that, uh, that book, uh, book listening group that Lawrence Kitts put together. I mean, all those people are just, you know, a couple of them are, are doing, uh, you know, reviews and stuff and uh they just they just love you guys you know so you're very fortunate to have people who <laughs> really love what you do and and um just love whoring themselves for you so well, thank yeah you. that yeah, yeah. That, it was completely out of nowhere and it's very appreciated for let that lawrence and then yeah we've been talking to him we put him to work we've made him do other stuff for us now so mm-hmm. that's what happens you uh you you start you act nice to us and we just put you to work is really the way right. it goes. Yeah, totally. Well, put me to work. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure, I'm sure we can find something for you. <laughs> exactly. Yes, so I've been putting you guys to work. <laughs> I know people are going to be pretty sick of me here pretty soon, but, um, oh well. Okay. So before we wrap everything up, is there anything else that we didn't ask you about that you uh, wanted to make sure you mention? Yeah, I'll be attending the Bizarro Con in Portland in November. And it's like a, a four day, uh, like, like mini convention, you know, all the bizarros kind of like coalesce at the the edge field, and it'll be like four days of, of heavy drinking and and weirdness. And um, I live like 25 miles away, but I'm actually getting a hotel room for all four of those days, um, basically, so I can just get you know really fucked up and have a good time and not have to worry about killing myself. So, you know, if anyone's gonna be there, or if you're not gonna be there, you you should go there because it sounds like you know a lot of fun and information of course can be found on the internet about that but i'm really looking forward to that and where can people keep up with all of the craziness that you've got going on nikki com. very cool 
Well, Nikki, I want to thank you for coming on. It's uh, is we haven't known each other that long, but we've been uh, just looking yeah. for an excuse to 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 get you on. So I'm glad we we had this time to talk with you. Yeah, I totally appreciate it, Anna. You guys are awesome, and you know, just anytime you need something, I'm pretty much always here. Wow, what a ball of energy she is, huh? Yeah, <laughs> it's one thing to read the stories. Like I, I don't know. I guess I wasn't ready for her to be just as um, uh, entertaining in person. <laughs> yeah, she's absolutely fantastic. Don't forget, you can keep up with the many, many works of Nikki at NikkiGerlane.com. And don't forget to check out her interview conducted by Amanda Gowan at uh, Curiouser and Curiouser. And you can find that at CuriousInterviews.wordpress.com. So I want to say again, thanks to all of our guests from tonight. We had Pela Via on, followed by Todd Brown. And uh, wrapping it up is, is Nikki Gerling. Glad we could. Uh, it's kind of a new thing for us, throwing a, a handful of interviews together in an episode. But I think it went pretty well. We got a nice kind of cross-section of, of the different types of people that we talked to. And uh, I think it all worked out pretty well. You know, I'm game for doing this again if, if the listeners um, you know, respond positively to it so drop us a line on uh, facebook or in the um we mentioned it a few times now um the booked listening group on facebook so if you want to hear us do another threesome of interviews i think we, we're game for that right anytime hey you know what's coming up next what why don't you tell me uh, i don't either that's why i was asking you because we're on vacation <laughs> so you know what we haven't planned anything so uh come back next week it's going to be a uh, probably a surprise i know it's gonna be a surprise to us what we're doing so well i can guess it's probably either going to be a book review or an interview or what else do we do um we can talk about you peeling the sunburn like flaking off skin off my back next time uh, that's true it could be yeah it could just be a um uh, an la hangover rehash there you go so either way come back next week for even more booked that wraps it up for our Three deep interview, triple extravaganza, party Spectacular. time. Spectacular. <laughs> episode of Booked. I'm Rob Olson. And I'm Livius Ledden. Keep reading.